2: what Susan has to share with us this evening. Thank you, and welcome, Susan.
3: Thank you, and welcome, Sarah Ellen, and welcome, 2023.
2: Hmm.
3: Welcome, welcome. Hi,
0: Susan.
3: Hi, hi. What's going on out your way?
4: Oh, goodness. We've had had a nice little thunderstorm today, and a warm weather and um which is nice because i've been working a lot on hypericum stuff so we had a warm up <laughs> while we were doing our little you know beginning of the year getting everything yeah, really going yeah so the weather was yeah, going along with that and yeah it's gonna cool down tomorrow and um how about you how's your new year starting
3: it's the same unwintry weather Rainy, Mm -hmm. warm, temperatures in the 50s, shouldn't be like that in the Catskills. This is a place where it should be cold in the wintertime, so it's Mm -hmm. very unnerving to have this really unseasonably warm weather. We're a little worried that the bears might come out of hibernation.
5: Oh, my. Wow. Because
3: it's so warm. I don't know know if that's a possibility or not, but we'll see let's see i uh cut down a very large plant not a tree more like a shrub um you know that zara and lisa have brought the house down by farmer john it's exactly three quarters of a mile away It takes me 15 minutes to walk there and um john was telling us that the shrubs that are there were poisonous, and the three of his goats died from eating them. Oh, oh my! And he called it you, and I knew it wasn't you. It is an evergreen,
4: oh. but
3: you it is um, um you know more related to the the resinous, sappier, pineier kinds of things. And this doesn't have any smell, and it had not like needly leaves, but like Plant leaves, little and shiny, hmm. but still hmm. but still, not like like pine needles or yew needles or fir needles or spruce needles or any of those kinds of things. So finally, um, someone with an app was able to identify it as boxwood.:
4: Oh, wow, goats are allergic to boxwood, or I mean allergic. Are this deadly to goats?
3: John says that he had cut some down and had thrown it in the back of the truck to haul it off, and three of his adult male goats jumped the fence, ate it, and were dead in 30 minutes.
4: Wow! Oh my goodness! I'm so glad we don't have any of that. Wow!
3: So one of the first things that we wanted to do at Lisa's new house was cut the plant down, and it was very interesting for both Evan and I to be giving death to something that we didn't have a relationship with. Mm. That, mm. in fact, How we didn't even that? know the name of at that point. Oh. What, what and To work, work in a sacred way, right? To work mm. in a, a good way um, with that plant as... Well, we saw ourselves as giving death to it. The fact of the matter is it's buxis, Buxus, B U X U S Buxus Sempervivum. What does that suggest to you?
4: It's gonna live a long time. <laughs> it's hard to kill. It's gonna It's hard to, to
3: kill. Exactly. What yeah. we noticed was <laughs> the, right it would come up and it would make a, like an upright about as big as your upper arm. And it would branch out from there, and those branches were kind of limber, and they'd kind of hang down to the ground where they would root. And then another mm. trunk would come up. Wow. So it's mm. like clusters of the trunks. Where this this is one of, I don't know how many are on this property, maybe 15.
4: Oh, Wow. It was planted 14th? as a hedge. Oh. It was
3: planted as a hedge row there. This one was definitely the first one we wanted because it was crowding the house to the extent that there's mold growing in the house where this was pushed up against it. Oh wow! So wow. we really, yeah, wanted it out of there, and it's just like. Really, really opened up, and then I saw Lisa today, and I said to her, "You know, <clears throat> uh, left to our own devices, if it and I would have also uh, said goodbye to the wild rose that's growing right there too. It's like a walkway from the front of the house outside to the back of the house, right? And there was this big evergreen shrub on one side, and then a wild rose on the other side, and just this little path in between. And I said, I love roses." I said, And Yvette says she has some rugosa starts, and she'll gladly give you some, but both Yvette and I do not feel badly if we take out a wild rose in a place where we could cultivate something. Thank you. The wild mm-hmm. roses are lovely. I'm so glad we have them, but let's face it, they're only in bloom for, what, three or four days?
4: Mm-hmm. And the
3: rest of the time, they're a menace to life and
4: limb. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, especially in,
3: this right. spot. Especially wow. in wow. the especially in spot where people are gonna be walking back and forth. So we and yeah. the repo says much much less likely to reach out and, and grab you as as uh Canina does, dog rose.
4: So well amazing that they're helping to do all that. Yeah. Really uh, what nice. I didn't know you were getting new neighbors like that. That we're, you know, that you were helping out—that's so beautiful. Oh yes, yeah. And let's see, the lighthouse keeper, H- Anna,
3: and her son just moved in across the street. I live in Pearl's retirement house, and she lives in the house that Pearl was born in, Pearl's mother was born in, and Pearl's grandmother was born in.
4: Mm, I think I know the house you're talking about. I think I remember. It's the Mm-hmm. Next to the mm-hmm. open lot where the goats are allowed to eat, right? Oh, wow! Exciting. Yeah. <laughs> you your really village exciting.
3: Over there. <laughs> All right. And her son, who I would guess to be about eight, said that he likes the goats and he has once milked a goat and maybe he could do it again. <laughs> wow!
0: I love
3: that. How yeah. that's marvelous. Uh, Wow. So we do, you know, we do our best to kind of have a, a sense of neighborhood. Mm-hmm. It's important to us oh. that, that that we know that we're in it together. All right, a letter, a letter from a um, correspondence course student. For most of my life, I felt unsupported and unloved. Because you have helped me know what love and support are, I was able to tell my husband I just couldn't do it anymore and I meant it. We talked it over and over. We headbutted a whole bunch. Instead of being scared and, and not daring to say how I felt, I kept on talking. I realized I didn't need my husband's approval anymore, so I didn't let him walk all over me. It was exhausting and freeing. From there, I started to see a relationship so differently. I wasn't a victim anymore. When I came face-to-face with myself, and, and with my biggest... Block and, and how I hadn't even been able to speak up for myself uh, in a, a relationship. Uh, so I just accumulated a huge pile of resentments and then I held on to them and then my relationships always felt difficult and frustrating. <clears throat> so, so I have realized that what I have in my husband is a gift, a gift that will help me grow if I'm open to receive it. it's a whole new world of gratitude and healing and I wouldn't have this easy access to growth if it was just me alone there'd be nobody to to expertly push my buttons and trigger my weaknesses (laughs) freedom is within me but of course I realized I'd seen my husband like an almighty punishing God, the one I grew up believing in. And I, of course, was less and unworthy, and so I acted like that. Ah, Now I can see my husband is another human being with flaws and goodness and securities, intricacies, and the whole human. Well, we kept on talking. It took months. I finally told him I was consumed with a fantasy for another man. This is exactly how the letter started. She says, do you remember back when I called you and I was consumed with this sexual fantasy for this other man and I wanted you to tell me whether or not I should leave my husband and you said you have three children under the age of seven. Don't you dare leave your husband. (laughs) 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 After months and months, she told her husband that she had this really intense ongoing fantasy about this other man. And I asked him if he could still love me. And if I acted on it, would he forgive me? And then she does not tell us what he said. So don't hold your breath there. But what she does say Mm -hmm. is very interesting. She says, so I learned fantasies are normal. Sexual energy is not shameful. And I can trust my husband with my deepest secrets. Mm. Wow. Wow.
2: That was now, just a letter.
3: now I am more and more open to see the good, the things I like about my husband instead of all the things I don't like. He offered to help put the housework and raising the kids. We turned around our biggest frustrations with each other. Now, how did that happen? I sure didn't see it coming at all. Twelve years together, we both grow and our relationship is better than ever. Susan... You brought me so much inspiration for living a better life, and well, obviously it's affecting all the people around me, I'm taking the Green Witch Course, and it's supposed to draw out and empower your own healing and magical abilities. Wow. Of course it works. Still and all, I'm amazed. How can I thank you? I know by being a whole, holy, and wholesome woman, by spreading the wise woman tradition, and by inspiring and helping others, by sowing the seeds of wholeness.
4: Yeah, wow, that's so beautiful. I mean, wow, what a letter. There's so much in there. It is magical. But, I mean, magic, obviously. She made magic in her life. And she made beautiful. magic in her life. She really did. Yeah. That's so beautiful.
3: It still gives me tingles. I've read it like three or four times.
5: And oh, I still just... dead.
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, hooray for standing in your power which never involves blaming anybody else. Blessed be. Mm-hmm. Blessed be.
4: How many lights
3: do we have waiting to ask questions?
4: Well, so far I see lots of calls, but not a hand yet. So I need to remind everyone that if you have a question, would like to speak live with Susan this evening, please press 1 so that we can see your hand. Go up and I will open your line and you can speak live with Susan. I uh, see okay, now good. I have a hand.
3: So in, in this space, what I want to do is talk about the American Herb Association quarterly newsletter by Kathy Caville. I want you to go to www.ahaherb.com, A-H-A-H-E-R-B, A-H-A-H-E-R-B, aha herb American Herb Association and this quarterly newsletter I want I want you to subscribe to it it's like uh, what maybe does it even say here yes indeed $24 a year so reasonable for the huge amount of information you get and every issue in addition to tons of interesting things. And none of them are articles, don't worry. There's nothing over really over 10 lines long. It's all really short stuff, so you can just zoom right past it and yummy, yummy stuff. The thing that's the longest is the Earth profile In every issue, there is a wonderful herb profile, and this one just knocked me for a loop. It's one of the reasons I love working with herbs, because this is a plant that I have worked with, taught about, turned hundreds, maybe thousands, maybe tens of thousands of people on to working with. And when I read what Kathy Cavill had collected about this herb, I was stunned. You ready?
0: Yeah, I'm, I really want to know. who, who, Who is it?
3: Motherwort, Leonurus cardiaco, Leonurus sibiricum, and Leonurus japonicum. A well-known herb that's getting a second look. The complex activity includes action on the brain and nervous system that is intriguing researchers. The Leonurus cardiaca extract market report. Did you even know there was such a thing? Says <laughs> the global market has grown steadily. MarketWatch predicts a considerable rise in Motherwort sales by twenty twenty seven. The traditionally, I know, <laughs> like right there already. You're yeah, just like, wait, let me sit down here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow, this is like
3: a new page on earth. This is beautiful. We're, we are reweaving. This is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> wow. The traditional use of motherwood's various species for treating heart and women's <clears throat> conditions, uterine conditions here, is documented in Asia and Europe, where herbalists uh, Paracelsus and Fuchs also recommended it for convulsions and in a broth to treat epilepsy. In Chinese medicine, it removes blood stasis, activates circulation, clears heat and toxins. It's the primary ingredient in Cantonese menstrual regulation soup and in Russian, lentil soup. Motherwort flavors beers, ales, and heals wounds. Rather strange sentence. The composition is dominated by diterpenes, alkaloids, sterols, iridoids and flavonoids. Antioxidant compounds like polyphenols are best retained when it is dried at low heat. New evidence finds that motherwort goes well beyond encouraging relaxation. Its leoneurine alkaloids adjust dopamine, tryptamine and adrenaline levels to stop chronic stress from harming the brain. It may even heal neuron damage in the hippocampus caused by chronic stress, stroke, seizures, tumors, encephalitis, drug withdrawal and depression. Wow. Oh, I'm sorry, I skipped on. And Alzheimer's disease. Mm. It appears to interact with GABA neurotransmitters that slow the signals that prompt anxiety, panic attacks, and depression. It improves cognitive thinking, learning, and memory. This makes it, I love, this is, this is really, to me, this is very, very funny. And I, I suspect that she did some purpose. Right? It even improves cognitive thinking, learning, and memory. No wonder. It is suggested to treat menopause, PMS, postpartum, and depression among mothers. <laughs> uh,
0: wow. Mother Yay, mother.
3: monitors calcium levels and thus reduces muscle spasms.
4: Who oh, no. knew? All in one amazing
3: plant. <laughs> right. It helps yeah. relieve inflammation and resulting pain from arthritis and menstrual cramps in clinical trials and also in models of endometriosis. The leonurine in motherwort specifically inhibits production of inflammatory prostaglandins, both COX-2 and 5-LOX. It regulates immune system cytokines, interleukin, and tumor necrosis factor, all key inflammatory influencers that can injure tissue and drive tumor growth. Motherwort is considered a novel, effective herb to inhibit the inflammation and oxidative stress that can cause acute lung injury. Hmm. Wow. All all the mint family plants have strong lung activity. Some of them we hang the lung sign on, like time. Whorehound, which interestingly enough, I think was the number three or four bestseller last year. I'm like, really? Whorehound? (sighs) Motherwort damages cancer cells' DNA. They're cycles their mitochondrial membranes and their genetic codes for assembling protein. Motherwort inhibits phosphorylation of cells, cancer cells, thus influencing their ability to create energy. In the lab, motherwort blocked the growth of myeloid leukemia, and breast, cervical, prostate, colon, lung, liver, and pancreatic cancer. Wow. It also suppresses growth of melanoma that is drug resistant and is strongly antiviral against respiratory viruses, hepatitis C, and herpes. <laughs>
4: stunning. That is stunning. And now it's like, how do I get more motherwort in my diet? So I heard you say something about putting it in Russian lentil stew. stew. <laughs>
3: Lianuris <laughs> <laughs> japonica is predominant in a Chinese formula used to treat weakened skeletal muscles. And as we age, our skeletal muscles grow weaker. Exercise, good. Mm-hmm. Motherwort, good, good. German Commission. E, approves motherwort as an adjuvant treatment for high thyroid and nervous cardiac disorders like heart palpitations and anxiety. Mm. Motherwort is anti-inflammatory, anti-stress, and antioxidant. It contains the antioxidant, Ursolic acid, which helps to improve heart mitochondria activity, thus providing more energy to the heart. In a month-long study with 50 people with high blood pressure, motherwort not only regulated heart rate and blood pressure, it eased anxiety, headaches, and insomnia. Damn, herbs are good. <laughs> <laughs> You're not <laughs> going to get that kind of results with the latest drug, oh wow, <laughs> and I love that they report it.
0: I know there's a right. whole market watch report for motherwort sales.
4: I had no idea <laughs> I would.
3: clinical and laboratory studies support motherwort used to reduce heart palpitations angina irregular heartbeat. Blood clotting, hardening of the arteries, it protects the heart and endothelial membrane lining the blood vessels and controls blood vessel contractions, platelet adhesion, and clotting enzymes. Leoneurine reduces tissue death due to insufficient blood supply and excessive collagen posits. Hmm. Reduces tissue death due to insufficient blood supply. Let's remember back to when Michael had a triple bypass. And the three of his four cardiac arteries were 80% locked. So instead of getting 400%, he was getting 400 minus what? Eight times three to 40. So he was getting like 160 instead of 400. And the -hmm. surgeons beforehand said, this will make you feel a lot better but it's not going to make you feel as good as you once did because large parts of your heart, or small parts, but some parts of your heart are going to be dead because they weren't fed with oxygenated blood. And much to his amazement, the surgeon found that none of Michael's heart was damaged at all. In fact, he came to him, in recovery the next day and said, I held your beating heart in my hand and I could not find a single dead cell anywhere in it. What are you doing?
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Now we have, I've told the story so many times, but now we have a little science to back it up. Leoneurine reduces tissue death due to insufficient blood supply. Is a promising stroke treatment. It protects against heart attack, blood brain barrier leakage, kidney damage, and fatty liver disease. Wow, with press like this no wonder they expect sales to go up.
4: Right. <laughs> Wow, I think even more
1: now <laughs> after everyone hears this
4: and then goes and gets their AHA quarterly. and <laughs> My goodness.
1: In a placebo study with
3: 165 women having cesarean sections, motherwort combined with oxytocin drugs. Go, 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 combine the herbs with drugs. Yes, yes, yes. Motherwort combined with oxytocin drugs prevented postpartum hemorrhage. <laughs>
0: mm.
3: mm. Maltes is another word, reduce testosterone. And can improve prostate health. Well, if you subscribe you probably won't get this issue. You might, you could ask for it. It's the summer fall twenty twenty two issue. Mm. So it's one one back of the uh the current one, which I think is the winter one, but you could you could probably ask, say, hey, I want to start with the one with the mother wanted.
4: Right. Oh, right. God.
3: Right, right, right. And oh,
4: um, just, I think there, there's always book up. reviews.
3: Gosh, I didn't even know there were so many books. I've had so many aspects of plants, herbs, and all of that stuff. Herbal Formulary for Herbal Professionals, Volume Four, Holistic Medicine and the Extracellular Matrix Energetic Herbalism, Aphrodisiacs Handbook of Cannabis for Clinicians, The Intimate Herbal Holistic Healing Guide to Cannabis, Right and Then Reprints and Medicinal Cookbooks. Oh, so many wonderful legal news. The FDA's strategy of issuing warning letters for adulterated herbal supplements is not effective. Out of 31 products that received warning letters to stop selling tainted products, one was recalled by the manufacturer.
1: Mm.
3: Lots of stuff in this newsletter. You need it. (laughs) I love it. Mm. Thank you, Kathy Cavill. She's been doing it for years and years and years now. Let us see who we get to talk to later on at 9 o'clock, in fact, not just later on, but at 9 o'clock East Coast time. We will be talking to Stacey Berman, who has a Ph.D. in natural medicine with a focus on psychoneuroimmunology. She's the founder of Stacy's Boot Camps, and she was called a New York City fitness icon by Forbes. She's also a shaman. So, hang in with us until nine o'clock for Stacy Berman, or do something else and come back at nine, when Stacy will be here to teach us about our mother tongue emotions. Mm. Now
4: any questions? Uh, yes. I see three hands that are raised in the queue. Uh, the first hand is dialed in from the 908 area code. From the 908, you are live with Susan.
3: Hello,
0: Susan. Hi. Hi, from New Jersey. Oh, God, oh
3: Carol,
0: hi. Hi, I missed you so much last week. Oh, oh. Thank you. Thanks for missing <laughs> us. I went
1: on and, oh, she's not there. Oh, you are not here. Yeah.
3: Yeah. He a little
0: break.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, well, so, yeah.
0: <laughs>
3: what I actually did was uh, we watched a movie that I'd been wanting to see for a while. It's an old movie. Yeah. But I um, had remembered a particular scene from it and was talking about it. And, People were kind of disbelieving that it, that there was such a scene in the movie. And it's a Fellini's City of Women from the 80s. Mm. Did you yeah. ever see it? Oh, no. It has um, a woman who picks up coins off the ground uh, and sucks them up between her legs. She doesn't use <laughs> her hands.
0: Oh, my goodness.
3: <laughs> so <laughs> that's what I was doing last Tuesday, just in case you were wondering. <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Now, Sue Ellen is the person, the coordinator over here. It's Sue Ellen. Is that her name?
3: Sarah Ellen. Sarah. Sarah
0: Ellen. And is she she, she the one that you just said moved in down the street? No. This is Lisa. Oh, Lisa. Oh, okay.
3: Sarah Ellen has her own homestead.
0: Indiana? Oh, in
3: Indiana.
0: Indiana Where? Well, uh, Illinois in Barrington.
4: Illinois, Illinois. It wasn't oh. too far off. <laughs> okay.
3: Okay. You know, okay. the
4: rest of Ohio it
3: is, doesn't exist for New Yorkers.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and it's Sarah Allen. And what's your last name, Sarah Allen? McCallum. Okay. Some Susan. um, So some questions. Now, the Hypericum Conference, you said it's going to be in May? Yes. Next, this year.
3: Yes, this year. I just sent a letter out to my 21 presenters, and I said, the Hypericum Conference is going to be May 1st through 10th, unless one of you says no. Okay. So they have a couple of days to say no, and if nobody says no, then those are the dates. And if somebody says no, then it'll be a couple of days later, right? But it's going to be 10 days because there are 21 presenters.
0: Oh, okay.
3: Woo, that's what I said, too. Like when it started getting, you know, like up, you know, like more than we had for the country Conference, I said to Justine, I said, oh, what do I do? Who do I turn down? And she said, you don't turn down anybody. You say yes to them all. I'm like, oh, that was easy. Thank you. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, and and she said, you know, it's a virtual conference. You can make it longer. It's not like you have to pay more rent or anything.
0: <laughs> yeah, and the conference conference I I, I'm, I was signed up for, it and it, it's still available. You can still see it or no? It's yes, you can still see it. Yep. Uh huh. By going to your website.
3: By going to wisewomenschool dot com.
0: Okay, that's it. School. Okay. Uh, cause I right, got and when you me.
3: registered, you became a member of the school, and oh, that okay. course was, like, put into your basket or whatever. Okay. And right. once you put a course in your basket, you can go to your basket and look at that course anytime you want to.
0: Oh, wonderful. That's, that's special. All
3: right? right. And once we, get, once we get the dates absolutely settled, which will be before next Tuesday, then we will be able to open it up for free registration. Oh, okay. And I believe the plan is for January and February for sure to be free. Okay. okay. And I don't know about March, and by mm-hmm. April there is pressure to start charging maybe half price the country conference oh, Okay. If you didn't register and it's not in your basket mm-hmm. is eighty nine dollars.
2: Okay. And
3: Hypericum conference will probably be a little because there's more presenters. And yeah. as I said, there's a push to uh put it have it be at half price starting in April. And then March is, you know, we're we're still tossing March back and forth. Yeah. But stay tuned. Um Getting those last details down. Have to call the uh, t-shirt company and start uh, thinking about our t-shirt, our Hypericum t-shirt. You know, we did a comfy t-shirt, and the artist yes, was a little yep. uncertain as to whether or not this was, you know, going to be okay for her art to be on a t-shirt. But she liked it, and she was willing to actually sell me the rights to put her art on t-shirts. Last year, I was limited. To set numbers, this year I can do as many as I want. Hee-hee. Ho-ho.
0: Ho-ho. Great. Hypericum
3: T-shirts for all. Yay. Yay. Most of them hardly even knew we had a complete T-shirt. There were so few, and they went so fast.
0: Uh Uh-huh.
3: But this year, Um, different. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Now, the postage meter that you weigh the herbs on, do you have a particular brand you like? Mine conked out, and um, I just uh, if you go on the the like the website and look for you call it a postage meter,
3: scale. a postage meter or a kitchen scale, depending on what looks good for you. Uh-huh. you what do you like? Well. I generally use a kitchen scale because it's big enough to accommodate a quart glass jar.
0: Oh, I, oh, I see. You put the glass jar on first and weigh the jar and then add oh, the particular herb. If it's a one-ounce herb, you weigh it with, as one ounce.
3: Yes, and you don't even have to figure out how much the jar weighs because you put the jar on the scale and you press T-A-R-E and it takes away the weight of the jar because it sets it to zero.
0: Oh, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, mine is, yeah. Oh, so a kitchen and scale and you you, you bought, is at the hardware store or just ordered it?
3: Um I've had mine so long, I don't even really remember things. Okay. You know, you used to be able to just actually yeah. go and buy things at stores. And yeah. there were, like, in home goods stores. Um, somebody wanted to buy me a funnel. I had um, said with some glee what a wonderful funnel he had. And so he wanted to get me a funnel, and he said it was a really hard thing to get. There's very little places That's where you could find that was selling kitchen goods. So... Um I think that they're pretty much all alike, and you'll see that some of them have like a bowl, or like a plastic bowl on them.: Yeah And um, it tends, it tends to get in the way. I just the one that I have just has like a flat top to it. Right. Yeah. right. It doesn't um, have like any fanciness, so it's, it's like really simple.
0: Yeah, that's what I
3: want. Yeah. Right. And then one of the the little gifts that I give graduating apprentices is a postal scale that only goes up to four ounces. And it's big enough to hold in the palm of your hand. And it's a little balance thing. There's an O-ring that you hold. And then there's a little... Balancing with a little metal scale that tells you one ounce, two ounce, three ounce, you know. And you can clip a baggie. It's an alligator clip, and you clip a baggie, and you can put your herb in the baggie, and you can weigh your herb that way.
0: Okay. Perfect. Right?
3: And, the, and wow. the, those are pocket postal scales. <laughs> yeah.
0: Wonderful. Those have been
3: around since my college days. I mean, that, is, that kind of scale has been around for a long time.
0: Uh huh. Yes.
3: And that's Great. that's that's what I take when I travel, right?
0: Oh. Oh right, right. Um, so you you had just said um, that horhound was the number four bestseller. That herb, is that was when you were talking about?
3: Yeah. Um, the yeah, yeah. It was like way up there. I was like, really? sure. and that
0: was I'm was the, surprised. The, the newsletter told you that?
3: Um, the n- newsletter from the American Botanical Council.
0: Oh, that's different.
3: That's a okay. different one. The yeah. one I was talking about today um, doesn't usually give that kind of information, whereas the American Botanical Council, and it's more expensive. to to get the uh, newsletter of the American Botanical Council. I believe that it is also quarterly, uh, but it's bigger and fancier and full color, whereas the uh, the Mm -hmm. a a -A -A is, um, you know, it's good size, um, but it's just black and white. There's nothing uh, fancy Mm. about it. Whereas the, the hermogram... The magazine of ABC, the American Botanic Council, is in fact known for its delicious, wonderful, full-color photography.
0: Oh, boy. Yeah.
3: One of the reasons that people, you know, become members of the American Botanic Council. The American Botanic Council is very much into the business paradigm and the scientific tradition. Okay. Even as they are supportive of other ways, it is their particular focus.
0: So, okay.
3: So every year, the year-end issue has the market report to tell you what the top hundred selling, best-selling herbs of the year were. Oh,
0: okay. Oh, right.
3: Actually I think there was a list of the hundred best uh, selling supplements. Mhm. Um and herbs are considered in the supplement category.
0: Oh, okay.
3: Right. And then also a list just of the most popular herbs of the year. And echinacea was down, elderberry was down. <laughs>
5: oh.
3: But we're not surprised now, are we, since the things that uh, people were buying the Echinacea and Elderberry for, um, you know, dealing with COVID, they're probably not dealing with that so much
1: right now. Right, right.
0: Okay. Um, Susan, I'm... um I have a question for a, my granddaughter who's in a different time zone, and I was wondering if you could just listen to the question, possibly. How old is she? Fourteen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, she has sure, that, I can listen to the question. Thank you, Susan. Um, she has that terrible cough that, it, it, that is associated with something, uh, whatever, some sort of um, illness and she, she had COVID in uh end of August and she got over that but now in from mid December on and even continuing she has this cough that doesn't stop and about a week and a half ago or two weeks they gave her um steroids um for the cough but my daughter says she's still coughing and i i i don't know what this cough is about
3: i hear you yeah is that what's important to know what the cough is about well do you do I you think, think that there's something mm, that's disturbing her and distressing her that she needs to talk about and that that's why she's coughing is that what you're
0: suggesting no, I, I don't
3: Can you say yeah, I wonder I what it's know. about are you wondering um, if there's a physical cause or um, and of course I'm wondering 14 prime time for weird eating
0: well yeah Oh,
1: boy. Her diet. She's drinking, nourishing, herbal
3: infections. if that's that's what you're suggesting, that, oh, perhaps the cough has some emotional basis, I would say, yeah, well, at 14, everything is emotional. Thank
0: you, Susan. At least as
3: I recall. I don't know. Perhaps could have been just me, but I kind of recall that. (laughs) Oh, boy. Right?
0: Not knocked up more now with all this social media and all this and that. Oh,
3: my goodness, right? So, um, you know, we start off the show that I was reading a letter from someone who said that really what changed for her was that there was someone in her life who offered her acceptance and loving support. Mm Mm-hmm. So I always find that to be useful, that if you can say to this young woman, um, I see you, I love you, I hear you, I'm here for you, that yes. might be the best cough remedy of all.
0: Oh, Susan, yeah. Oh, Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. That's beautiful. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. And is there something that you would recommend that they want And When do I a have a
3: coffee, I walk around with a bottle of honey and drink it.
0: Oh, okay. When you have a coffee, yeah. And unfortunately... Honey,
3: honey. Honey, honey, honey. And if you've made, you know, any... The yeah, mint honey is like sage honey or rosemary honey. Gar- or any of Garlic those. honey. Right, yeah. I don't know if she's 14. I don't know if she's going to go for the garlic honey. She'd probably go for a nice cup of sage honey.
0: Yeah. Unfortunately, Why hot she water pour she over your
3: sage honey? So good. Right? They say, uh, I die when the Savior is in your cupboard. <laughs> wow.
0: She says <said laughs> she doesn't like honey. So that's a problem.
3: Oh well, you know. What yeah, does she yeah. like what does she like less, coughing or honey? Ah,
0: that's a good one.
3: Well when yeah. I said to the to the anthroposophic doctor, I don't know if I can inject myself with mistletoe, I'm needle but She said, Oh, that's fine, then you can go and let
4: them inject you with their chemotherapy. I said, Show me how to use an uh, needle." <laughs> <laughs> oh what? wow. Oh wow. Yeah. You know? <laughs>
3: As compared yeah. to what? You don't like it. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, yes. Yeah.
3: All yes. right, right? Have your personal picadillos, Fine. But hello, you're coughing? Maybe we might want to think of that. Doing something you don't like.
0: I, right, right. All right. So you...
3: You because honey is the, the best thing. She could also use, in China, they boil um, um, asses, hooves, and use that. She so could tell her if she doesn't want honey that she could get some asses.
0: What, what is that again, Susan?
3: So ass, ass? Ass, A-S-S, mule, donkey. Oh, they
0: boil donkey? Hoof. <laughs> oh, donkey hoof.
3: Donkey okay. hoof, yes. Donkey hoof okay. is, is the, one of the big cough medicines.
0: Oh, goodness gracious.
3: So, Mm -hmm. see, honey is, like, really gentle and kind compared to. Yeah, for sure. Suggesting that she drink donkey hoof, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Tell her (laughs) we're letting her off easy here. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, appreciate your time so much, Susan, and um, I'm just, um, you know, also, if, if there's a time in the call when um, she says there are no hands raised and I've already asked one question, <laughs> can I ask yes, another no
3: question? Back. Sure, no problem. Okay. We're happy to have you I call can back.
0: I press, pr- yes. press the one again. Okay, yes, perfect, sure can. Because
3: perfect, perfect. I've yes, I've
0: stored up a lot. And, All right, good. Um, thank you. Okay, thank yes, you. Thank you. Wonderful. Bye. Bye. Love
2: you so much.
0: Love you. Oh. Bye.
2: All right, and we have two callers that have pressed one to raise their hand, let us know they have a question. Next caller is dialed in from the 610 area code. From the 610, you are live with Susan. Hello? Hello?
3: Hello in the
4: 610? All right, we'll come back and see if maybe they stepped away. From the 703, from the 703, you are live with Susan. Hi, Susan.
3: Hi. 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 Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you.
5: Thank you, Susan. I I called you before, and I always (laughs) love listening to you and you. If you talk about anything about the air balls, it's, it's a medicine. It's a healing. And uh, I was just listening to your advice uh, about the motherboard. And I really <laughs> enjoyed because I'm using it too uh, for a stress once a while, not all the time. Um, but it's amazing. I do my infusions also um, the same way you t- told me to do. And the the thing is um I'm a healthcare worker full time healthcare worker I work in a retirement community and I did my covid vaccine number 1 number 2 and booster 3 called you and you advised me and it did help me and I got terrible I have a week long and I got terrible bronchitis and um twice that was the first one but the last uh, 2 years I was Doing very good, and I followed um, your recipe, and it worked for me until until last week. A um, couple of my coworkers, because they put all of these people in the retirement community living there, just to become a you know mask free. Don't have to wear a mask. So, unfortunately, I wear a mask, not N95, but very regular mask. Sometimes I do N95 too, and I got. COVID this time, but I um, I didn't do booster number, booster, uh, uh, second booster. I just did the third one. Um, the third um, vaccine. So I got the COVID. I'm a 58 years old. I just want to tell you, I was so worried that I'm going to get bronchitis, but I am um, from the beginning of the cult I started eating honey garlic a lot, honey garlic with the honey and like sage tea or tea or garlic and lots of lemon. And you don't believe it. It's uh, three, four days. I didn't get my cough or just a few lingering cough. And then um, I, I feel like today is like fifth day of my showing COVID positive And I don't have any symptoms. And I have um, but my question comes, sure, so everybody's telling me, you, you're a healthcare worker, you need to go have your, another booster, the other booster, number four. What is your recommendation?
3: First of all, this is at Center for Disease Control it does not recommend that you get a booster until 90 days have passed. Okay. So that's just right off. You can tell them, I'll think about it 90 days from now. Mhm And then you might want to think about it ninety days from now, or maybe you don't want to think, or maybe ninety days from now you won't be thinking about it.
5: Mhm, yes, and I keeping my immune system as strong because all of them, my coworker who got it really, really suffering with the cough and other things was but mine, um just today when I talked to them, and I says, "Wow, it looked like everything vanished three four days for me.
3: That was my experience as well. I tested oh, yes. positive. I felt like very bad for about 36 hours, and then I was pretty fine.
5: Yeah.
3: I didn't have a fever.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: So, yeah, I felt like, okay, you know, I was in a situation where a lot of people had just gotten infected and were passing it on and didn't know. And mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um
1: the same as my situation. And why
3: yeah. do they suggest that you not get a booster? Because you have natural immunity having had it. Right? Mm-hmm. Shots are to give you immunity, the shots are like having had it. Mm-hmm. So you've had it, so you have had a booster in a way.
5: Oh, okay.
3: Right? A natural mm-hmm. booster.
5: hmm hmm I am thinking For next year, around this time, um, because this way I ruin all of my family holidays because I have have to quarantine myself in the one room Mm -hmm. not to be with them around Mm -hmm. Mm this So next year, because I'm I'm a healthcare worker, so next year I'm thinking I might need to have a booster shot.
3: Um, I don't know. The booster doesn't prevent you getting it. Uh-huh. Vaccines don't prevent you getting it; they prevent you from dying. Dying, yeah. But they don't prevent you from getting it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, the quarantine is down to five days now, which is yeah. much, much more doable. And I did want to mention that I continue to take bone set. I took bone set, eupatorium tincture flowering. Bone set. Tincture off tincture of the flowering top of bone set, oh, which, okay. which is Eupatorium Perfoliatum. I took a dropper full of that as a dose, and I took that several times a day when I was mm-hmm. actively infected, and I did that several times a day for a week to 10 days, and then I continued mm-hmm. to take a dropper full of bone set tincture for the remainder of the 90 days. Okay. I similarly took echinacea, and I was mm-hmm. taking three to four dropperfuls of echinacea at a time, every couple of hours while I was sick, and then as mm-hmm. I got better, I lengthened the time between the doses, and I continued taking a small amount of echinacea for a couple of weeks four dropper fulls once a day, then two dropper fulls once a day, and then one dropper full once a day. But I continued that also for the whole 90 days. So my thinking was that Mm
4: -hmm. if
3: people are saying that they get COVID and the COVID symptoms seem to go away and then come back and linger, 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 that I wanted to treat myself for basically 100 days, 90 to 100 days Mm -hmm. to make sure that I was... Casting a broad enough net. So, that's that's the kind of thing that I would do, in terms of getting ready for the next year to not get sick. That rather than getting a vaccine, that okay. you have elderberry on hand, and that you have bone set and echinacea and hero tinctures on hand, and that you intuit. Which of any of those things you need? I often think of a wonderful story of um, mom and her two kids, both school age, and they were walking in the summer, and there was yarrow in the field. And she said, maybe I'm going to make some yarrow tincture. And the kid said, what's that? you know, what would you use that for? And she went through all the things. And then she says, it also seems to help prevent colds and the flu. And they said, oh, yes, let's pick a lot and make a bunch. And they put the yellow tincture, you know, that they had made, a beautiful bottle of flowers with vodka, on the table where they ate breakfast. And one morning after school had started, you know, it was like maybe October, um, the older of the two kids said, I think I need some yellow this morning. And any morning that mm-hmm. either felt they needed some yarrow, they had some yarrow tincture with their breakfast, and they were very happy that they didn't get the colds and flus that were going around the school that year.
0: So, gyro,
5: it's, how do you spell it, I'm sorry?
3: The herb that they, that they were working with is yarrow, Y-A-R-R-O-W, and that's Achillea millifolium.
5: The uh, And,
3: and the, the other one, it, the, it's the white mm-hmm. yarrow, the wild yarrow, the wild
5: not the
3: culti- one, not the cultivated one.
5: Okay. And also, you talked about the echinacea. Yes, uh, echinacea. tincture. Mm-hmm. Echinacea tincture. Okay.
3: Yeah, and, and I, you mm-hmm. can either grow echinacea. The purpurea is very easy to grow, and dig those roots after the three years old, mm-hmm. late in the fall, and tincture them. Or you can buy augustifolia root. augustifolia is harder to grow. But the purpurea, although it makes a pretty good tincture if it's fresh, doesn't make a good tincture at all if it's dried. See, really, if you're going to make the tincture from the dried root, it has to be Augustafolia. And you fill a jar, about a third full, with the dried root, and then fill the jar all the way to the top with 100-proof vodka. Put a lid on it, shake it up. You're going to shake it several mm-hmm. times a day because the dry herb is going to start absorbing the vodka, right? And it will expand, and there'll be a mm-hmm. dry pocket mm-hmm. inside, and you keep shaking it. After the first week, you don't have to shake it anymore. Technically, it's ready to use in six weeks. It's pretty decent in 12 weeks, but truthfully, I usually let mine sit for a year before I use it.
5: For me, it's easier to purchase the tincture from...
3: It's... You know. it, it's it may be easier for you, but it's not easier. One, you're gonna mm-hmm. have a hard time finding a tincture made with ah.
5: just
3: chinacea root. They throw seeds and mm. leaves. Two, mm-hmm. you're gonna have a hard time finding a tincture that has only a chinacea root. They throw golden seal and other herbs in with it. Three mm-hmm. And I have a hard time finding a tincture made with anything other than grain alcohol. Ah, oh, I see what you're talking about. So I am happy that there's an herb market, and I'm happy that there's Echinacea tincture for sale. Um, but I also mm-hmm. remember my daughter being out visiting in Texas and getting very sick and going to the store to buy Echinacea. And Wow, I didn't even know she knew so many swear words. Uh, because we use lavish amounts of Echinacea. If you buy mm-hmm. a, a pound of Echinacea is $30. Mm-hmm. Let's say you bought oh. it. Let's say that you bought it retail and you paid $30 for four ounces. Let's like mm-hmm. quadruple the price. You paid $30 for four ounces of dried Echinacea root. That's going to make mm-hmm. one quart of tincture or 30 Mm -hmm. ounces of tincture, that's going to be less than a dollar and a half an ounce. You go out to buy it, it's $15 an ounce.
5: I see what you're talking about, yeah.
3: At $15 an ounce, you don't want to take three dropperfuls every two hours. No. Of course, yeah. So, what I suggest is, because we're talking about something that you're going to do next year, Buy Mm -hmm. a quarter pound of Echinacea, buy a liter of 100-proof vodka, make yourself a quart of Echinacea tincture. It'll be mellow and ready to go by next year. You'll be glad you have it. Mm -hmm. Usually what I do is I buy a pound of Echinacea, and every three months I set up a quart of tincture. And I don't have to do that every year, so i buy the buy a pound I make a tincture, three months later, I make another, three months later I make another, and that way, I always have well aged tincture available to me and once mm-hmm. I open you know once I start opening the next to the last jar, it's time to get it time to get another pound of echinacea and make more and I oh. go through a lot not because I'm sick but because they give it to the goats and they get large doses and because they give it mm-hmm. away to people, yeah.
5: Yeah. Also, I use honey, uh, organic honey, and garlic a lot, too. And,
3: so good. Um, oh, isn't that fabulous?
5: <laughs> I, make, I made it a jar from last year. I still have it. I don't take it regularly every night. I take it, but the last few nights, I was taking it regularly every evening. And, um, and raw garlic, even I add it to my food, I'm yes. trying to eat that to as much as my... And then if it bother my stomach, I eat honey. There you go. <laughs> uh,
3: <laughs> y- yes. I'm you know, interestingly just... enough, the active compound in garlic is created by oxygenation. So if <laughs> you take the garlic and you chop it or mince it and let it sit out for five or ten minutes, it will be medicinally stronger. Yes,
5: that I have that too. That I need and to And
3: usually it won't upset your stomach so much. I also oh, okay. find that, if mm. it, that it can be really like mung mung, 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 on your stomach. So some grain, toast, rice.
5: Oh, with the rice.
3: Ki- yes, yeah, some kind of grain will often stop that oh. stomach
0: yeah.
5: reaction. Yeah. You're right. I-, I feel like it's the same. Like I made, well, my husband trying to take care of me uh, the last few because I was in quarantine. And he made like a kebab and I told him put garlic, raw garlic. And I ate it with the rice and the red meat. And it didn't bother me at all. Right. You're right. Right. Yes. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Thank you very much, Suzanne. One uh, more, can I ask you one more question? Or not? Yes. <laughs> uh, for uh, eczema, my daughter has problem with eczema recently and uh, it's filled up and it's itchy at night and um, she's a healthcare worker too and she uh, took a steroid for it to uh, control it and it says they diagnose like um, their immune system attacking the, something like that what is uh, what do you think she can what she can do well, uh,
3: I continue to think, I continue to believe, I continue to see that if you can get her to drink nourishing herbal infusions, stinging mm-hmm. nettle, red clover, oat straw, comfrey leaf, and linden flower, if she will do that and drink a quart of infusion at least five days a week, so there's five herbs. So she does at least one of those herbs a day, right? Mm-hmm. So one day of yeah. nettle, one day of oat straw, one day of red clover, one day of comfort leaf, one day of linden, and she can take the weekend off if she wants to. She'll do that even for six weeks. She will see a dramatic change.
1: I see. Now, each
3: one of those herbs is doing something exceptional for her. Linden is like herbal steroids. It stops those kinds of reactions. So it's Mm -hmm. really important. Mm -hmm. Comfrey is a powerhouse at restoring integrity at the skin level.
5: I, I I wish I could convince her to go this way.
3: But yeah, she's I more
5: understand. in medicine because so she I a,
3: understand. I understand.
5: She's a doctor herself. Oh. She's more in medicine.
3: Yeah.
5: Yeah, yeah that's the problem. But I'm opposite. She always I always says, I am surviving on airborne, um, on infusions. And she sees me all the time whenever she comes. I am <laughs> making infusions. Um, so I, I do believe that too. So I can suggest that, that I talk to you and... And you recommended that thank you very much
1: you are so welcome
5: and
3: especially mm-hmm. because she thinks it's autoimmune so what we want to do is to build her up and nourish her so that her, yes. own, her own body can right itself and drugs can't do that no. drugs are wonderful no, they do marvelous things but they can't get her mm-hmm. body to stop attacking itself but herbs can and that's one of the things that I say to people who, you know, prefer drugs is, you know, nothing against drugs. Do you have a drug that really works on this? Gee, you don't. Hmm. Why don't we try herbs then?
5: You know what? I am opposite. Well, the same way. I what I read and research and everything is. I feel like the drugs cannot. And its future will be herbal. Future medicine will be more rely, People will rely more on herbal medicine. I see a great, great future for herbal. Um,
3: but uh, and you did. know those anesthesiologists who knocked me out for 30 hours,
2: three mm-hmm. hours,
3: and me completely gone, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, my memory is as sharp as ever. My brain is yeah. as good as ever. I wouldn't have been able to do that with herbs. Exactly, so, yeah. Exactly. So the the future of health care is herbs. Mm-hmm. But I'm, but there mm-hmm. will be more and better drugs. And how wonderful that mm-hmm. we've learned how to do mm-hmm. such, such exceptional things with tiny little parts of plants.
5: Exactly, exactly. That's what God gave us, the plants. And mm-hmm. I, it, it is a medicinal it just it's amazing, it's amazing, it's amazing. I wish um, people like my daughter, younger generation, graduated from medical school. Um, they see that, um, the other side. Well, it's it's hard um, for them to get that, and I trust it. I trust
0: me.
3: I remember Larry Dorsey and uh, Larry Dossie, MD, at a large conference, I guess it was maybe 40 years ago, standing on stage crying, you know, and he said, you know, we we just have to wait until the old school in medicine dies. Said, There'll be a new school. He said, "But the old school is not going to let it in. He had just yeah. completed a wonderful study on prayer and healing and uh, was being really kind of put down and, and made fun of for doing it.
5: You know, yes, yes, they, well, if they tell you the truth, you know, I, I I I hear that, too, because I do believe in prayer and healing and about together, combinations. I do yeah. a lot of prayer. Yes. And
0: yeah.
5: uh, I hear that prayer is not going to do anything. I just said, it's not just prayer. It's just combination. You need to work on the spiritual and physical together. Together. Because one is sick, make the other sick too. Hmm? Spiritually, mm-hmm. in fact, if, if you heal this spiritually, you can heal the body too. Gradually. Uh,
3: uh, well, you know, uh, if I were to say what the most important thing I learned in 2022 was, it was mm-hmm. listening to a Buddhist monk talk about being mm-hmm. diagnosed with a chronic condition that's uncurable and will only get worse. hmm. And he started out thinking what you're saying. Oh, my goodness, it's spiritual. I have to get my spiritual act together. I'm not meditating. Why, something must be wrong that I have this incurable condition. And after two years of looking at the guilt trips that he was putting himself through, he realized that what we signed up for was death, disability, accident, injury, disease. And when those things mm-hmm. happen, we have succeeded, not failed. Mm-hmm. So, in a very real sense, your highest spiritual expression is to be sick, is to have, in fact, an incurable illness that only gets worse. Yes. Yeah. Not mm-hmm. to be healthy. That's one soon. If we say that good health and good spirituality are going together, that somehow implies that you can pray away any problem. And hmm, what this Buddhist monk taught me was, no, those problems are our successes. And isn't that the turnaround that this wonderful letter that I read, wasn't that her turnaround? That instead of seeing her husband as a problem, he became an opportunity.
0: Exactly. Exactly. That's
5: that's yeah. what mm-hmm. I've been through in my life. Uh, yes. Open my eyes to. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I just said I'm 58. I wish I knew what I know <laughs> 20 years ago. <laughs> I could that's do
0: a all. different way that's
5: for all. my kids yes. Yes. because I I I always feel guilty because I was not understanding given my children raised growing up i did exactly what my mom did raising me i just um now i i when i go back and look at it and says yes i didn't i wasn't able to look at it my street was sick, <laughs> <My> street <laughs> was sick. it took more <laughs> uh, that that is still living with me because uh, a, a woman is responsible for their children, and yeah. uh, that's what I feel like. A lot of times, I see my daughter who doesn't want to doesn't want to believe on those things. I won't go away I'm just saying because maybe I was uh, had too much <laughs> heart
3: mm-hmm. and I
5: didn't <laughs> see that. Now she wants to do opposite of what mommy does. mom you believe airball? I believe medicine. <laughs> there you go. You know,
3: uh-huh. I truly believe that our children come to us pretty much who they are and that yeah. we don't influence them very much in at all one way or the mm-hmm. other that mm-hmm. she could have as easily decided to get more interested in herbs because you're interested in herbs but that that wasn't her mm-hmm. and yeah. all really we can do is to love our children as they are which yeah. is all order to love them exactly as they are. And to let them know, and this has been kind of the theme this evening, hasn't it? Let them know that up or down, sideways, we oh, love yeah. them. We love them, yes. and we're here to support them. And that doesn't mean mm-hmm. that we're always happy or approving.
5: Yes, that, that's what I could re- and tell my children while they realize about me, no matter what they do, I love them. I accept love them as them. who they are. Uh, yes, to my age, to realize that what is my responsibility, why they call me mom, and what is my job
3: mm. towards
5: them yeah. is um, yes. Yeah, I come from different culture who don't listen to those things and kids were not that much um, important. Just look like just something you've got a responsibility you've got to have it up.
3: <laughs> but,
5: uh, <laughs> I just um, you know I, I realize that yeah um, but a hard life I've been through um, but I really really appreciate always listening to you talking to you and just in fact, any time Tuesday comes, I thought, oh, it's a happy day for me because I'm going to listen to Susan Wheat.
3: <laughs> oh, thank you so much for that. Yeah,
5: yeah, God bless you. I think God put you in your life to, just for me, a lot of eye-opening and um, helped me a lot in my life. Um, I really <sighs> I'm sure a lot of people get the same answer. It's such a blessing that service you do people and it's a, uh, you get all of the God's blessing. <laughs>
3: oh, yeah. may that blessing yeah. spread out and spread out like ripples
5: in yeah. time. Yeah, I can see it. I can see it in you. Love you give.
3: Thank you very much,
5: Susan. Thank you. Dream
3: blessing. Thank you for your call. Thank you for sharing. Thank Good you night. You're welcome. All
2: right. And we have uh, the caller from the 610 area code. Let's go back and see if you can hear us now. Uh, from the 610, you're Elijah, Susan. Yes, can you
1: Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Wonderful. Happy New Year to both of you, and thank you so much for all that you do. Um, thank my you. question tonight is about lichen sclerosis. So um, and I have looked through your writings, Susan, and I haven't found too much. Um, but my experience, and maybe I missed something, but um, my experience was that years ago, uh, really bad case of lichen sclerosis, and it was really horrible, itchy, felt like I was sitting on worms kind of <laughs> feeling. Um, and at the time, um, I used steroids. Um, and then it cleared up and it seemed to go away. And since then, I, I started making herbal remedies. And I was using a salve that I made with uh, olive oil, beeswax, comfrey. And um, I, I i like to – I i don't know if I can make simples out of the salve. But with the salve, what I usually do is, is I – for this one, I made comfrey, plantain, and calendula salve. And I was just using that as, like, kind of a nourishing thing just to – you know, just for my skin, and um, and then um, I, I went for a pap smear, and I had been having some itching, but it wasn't anything like it had been in the past, and I didn't realize that it had come back, um, and so um, the doctor prescribed steroid cream, which I used, and I went back for a recheck, and she told me um, that if it didn't get better, then she would probably recommend a biopsy, but I went back for a recheck after using the steroid cream and it was better. So it now seems like it's kind of under control and I'm just wondering about like um moving forward if there's anything that I can that I can do. You know, I obviously I'd rather have used steroids than, than, you know, um which right now I'm only using once a week the steroid cream. So, I mean, I would rather do that than get a biopsy, but I would rather not use the steroid cream if there's something else I might be doing. Good question.
3: Okay. So I want to start with the thing that's bothering me the most. The doctor is telling you what the doctor wants to do. And you somehow seem to be going along with it.
1: Yes, I did. Yep.
3: And that's very, very disturbing to me. Why does the doctor want to do a biopsy?
1: Well, she didn't. She said that um, when I went in, uh, like, September... Why
3: would she want to?
1: Yeah, well, she... Why would would
3: the doctor want to do a biopsy? For your health... To benefit you? I see. And why does the doctor want to see if it's cancer?
1: So she can say that she followed her protocol? Correct. In other words,
3: the doctor is willing to cut a piece out of your body to protect her ass.
1: Right. Really? I don't know that.
3: You're going to go along with the idea of that? Even if it doesn't happen? You're talking about it as though it could have happened, as though you would have agreed to it? And that is disturbing to me. Because this is how we are supposed to act around doctors. We're supposed to let them do anything they want to us. And we're not supposed to say, will this make me healthier? Will this improve my health? So if someone said to me, if this doesn't clear up, I'd like to do a biopsy, I would either ask that person, oh, what is the risk of cancer from this? How many people who have lichen sclerosis go on to have cancer? Yeah. And if that medical professional couldn't answer, I would say, I need you to be able to answer this before we can even begin to discuss biopsies. And then I'd go home and I'd look it up and see if I could find an answer. Because many times um, health professionals are trained to look at the worst possible option. It's a, you know, a little thing about statistics that I do to show people how easy it is to be misled. If I were to tell you there was a drug that would reduce your risk of hip fracture by 50%, you might be interested. But if I Mm -hmm. was to tell you there was a drug that would reduce your risk of hip fracture by 1 to 2%, you wouldn't be interested. Well, you're at a risk of hip fracture in any given year is only 2 to 4%, so a 50% reduction is 1% to 2%. Right. Right? Yep. So how quickly can lichen sclerosis turn to cancer? In a few cases, lichen sclerosis leads to cancer. That's about 4% of the women, and it takes many, many years to happen.
1: That's, yeah, that's encouraging. It has been it has been many years since I was first diagnosed, but it seemed like it was resolved for a, a number of years.
3: The information I'm finding online says that it's non-resolvable, that the symptoms go away, but you still have it. Oh. Uh, now, let me ask you, are you drinking nourishing herbal infusions on a daily basis?
1: I am, and I'm weighing them. And I'm, yep, and I'm drinking. Right.
3: Okay. Yep. So keep keep I'll, up. Occasionally, I'll
1: add in like marshmallow that. or something. That
3: yeah. that will you know help. I'm going to guess because usually what happens is that symptoms and something like this come up when there's stress. And yeah. it's not like anybody can live a life that's stress free. Right. So I'm so happy that you have an ointment that you've created. And you could start using that ointment as soon as you're under stress in those areas. Right. There are herbs, for instance, that can get rid of herpes like lemon balm that work only Mm -hmm. dermally and not internally.
5: Hmm.
3: So, you know, take a little time to check in with your body and herbs and to start to get something together that when the inevitable stress happens, that you can do something protective right then. Right. Right? And again, even after all those years, it's only 4% of women.
1: Right. All right. Well, I'm... Continue to take steps forward in my journey and I uh, need to need reminders of you know need reminders along the way. So thank Don't you. Don't we oh your you're doing a
3: great job.
1: <laughs> well thank you.
3: <laughs> you're welcome. Green blessings.
1: All right, thank you. Green blessings. Good Winehouse. night. Good night.
3: Our guest tonight is Stacy Bourbon, who holds a PhD in natural medicine with a focus on psychoneuroimmunology. She is the founder of Stacy's Bootcamp, a pioneering personal fitness company. She's been called a New York City fitness icon by Forbes and is a sought after speaker, shaman, and healer. Welcome to the show,
4: Stacey. Hi, Susan. So happy and honored to be here. <laughs>
3: So happy to have you here. Um, you know, we often tell the apprentices that the real problem with talk therapy is that it's talk. And the real things that got you going and that set you on your your
4: route um, were way before you could talk.
3: Exactly. Exactly.
4: Yeah, that's, uh, you know, my my whole idea well not just my idea with all the people that I've studied with and learned from as well as my practice you know all of these issues not all of them but a lot of the issues that we're facing today in in life from anxiety and depression and stress and all that have stemmed stem from a time in our life that was nonverbal and so to talk about the issues that's just not going to resolve the issue. And then even when we started becoming verbal, we still couldn't really formulate the concepts of what was going on internally. So I think a much um, more effective approach to healing is, um, well, in this capacity anyway, is to work through the body because the body is teaching us and showing us what it needs, we just have to pay attention, and we just have to learn the signals that the body is giving us in order to follow the path back home. Feeling
3: it's what I think of as somatic work.
4: That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Um, what my you know what I do initially, what I what I work with people on is what, what's called this uh, character structure. And basically the idealist character structure is that when we have experiences during developmental times in our lives, and that's from in utero, some might even argue, in, you know, intergenerational and or past life spending if you believe in that. Um, but intergenerational trauma also can get passed through the line. Um, so in utero, let's say to, you know, 10, 11, 12 years old, those are the developmental times of our lives. Of course, we keep developing for the rest of our lives, but those are really when our nervous systems are forming in action in real time. And um, so when we have experiences that are intense and or chronic enough during those times, those experiences get locked into the tissue of the body, affects the posture of the body, and then affects the musculature of the body. And so by looking at somebody's um, posture, you could actually start understanding what the developmental issues were or are and how it shows up in their daily life. And then the good thing about that is that we can start using the body in order to start shifting the way we think feel, and ultimately behave. So it's, a, it's more of a bottom-up approach, uh, meaning work with the body first, and then it changes the thoughts rather than a top-down, right, talking and then hoping that the body changes. But that usually is not very effective in my experience.
3: When the horrible, horrible thing happened to me, and I really just couldn't get out from under it, years and years and years, in it, and finally someone said to me, smile, and I, of course, said, I don't feel like smiling, and she said, oh, you like smiling? I told you to smile. And it totally changed it all for me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And that's exactly and ha- what you're saying, right? You start from, yeah. right, I don't feel like smiling, well, I not you to feel like something just put a smile on your face and wham as soon as you put a smile on your face your brain starts making different hormones
4: exactly that's exactly right you know when i when i'm working with people what like the amazing thing is because i think what is i think one of the things with modern society i mean i didn't live back in the day um although i'm pretty sure i should have been born in the paleolithic era but that's a whole other story um in in our modern time, people want something very quickly, right? Um, but this stuff, I often say
3: to apprentices, you know, if we lived in a hunter-gatherer society, you'd be dead already. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> that level of inattention, dead. <laughs> <laughs>
4: exactly, exactly. Uh, so I think with this stuff, what I have to keep telling people, like just what you said, when you, you didn't feel like smiling, but when you smiled and something shifted for you, Right. It may not have resolved every issue that you've ever had in your life, but that when there is a change, even if it's just a sensory change, that means it's a change, which is progress. So it's like these little small baby steps that ultimately ultimately lead to much larger change, but it's these little things that we can do, like breathe. Are you breathing? If you're stressed and you're not breathing, guess what? You're going to be more stressed. (laughs) So let's <laughs> well,
3: actually, you know, and I, it's interesting, your take on this. Um, when people say to me, take a deep breath, I usually want to hit them, first of all. Yeah. But- My immediate response to take a deep breath is, pow, let me kiss her. I don't do it, of course. You know, I'm well, you know, house trained. Um, So I would (laughs) never do anything like that. But I recognize that impulse in myself. And also, like, if I'm upset, really, do we want me, like, going, ah? No, we don't. If I'm upset, what we want me going is, ah. We don't want me to take a deep breath. We want me to exhale.
4: Yes, yes. And that's so well, the first thing that I could say is just based off of that answer, if somebody if somebody tells you to um, breathe, you want to punch them in the face. I would say again, this is on the radio and I have seen pictures of you. I have your books. So, <laughs> but I would say there's something um, there was some interruption with you with the um, autonomy and will development where now you have a very strong will. <laughs> so if anybody tells you to do something the reaction most likely would be, I'm going to punch you in the face. (laughs) Does it sound right? (laughs) When they took the tonsils out of my throat, they were the size of
3: a man's fist, and I was only two years old.
4: So the will structure is two to four years old. So it nailed it exactly, exactly. <laughs> and and
3: so I literally it was keeping it was stopping me from being alive and from swallowing. It was really an interesting kind of psychic, you know, somatic thing. But I oh, yeah. I I somatize. You know, that's that's yeah. how I do it. Which is why I know about somatic stuff because that's yeah. that's kind of w- what I've been given and had to understand how that how that works, and so thrilled to see people like Gabor monte and so many other people um really bringing it to the fore to talk about how um how what we're really talking about is trauma stored in the tissue, we're just really not not talking about your dreams right. exactly
4: exactly, and that's where all you know that's where and that's where all trauma goes. It's like not just, it's not in your brains. It's in your, it's in your body. Your body is regularly in some way reliving that trauma and giving you signals about it. And we as a culture, as a society tend to ignore those signals and, and numb out and, you know, avoid or, or repress or soothe. And, and so we're not giving space um, for these signals of the body is giving us, but if we just pay attention, I was working with someone uh, actually just this past weekend, and um, she is numb, and she intellectualizes things all the time as a way to avoid the inner experience, and so, you know, when someone is numb, obviously, yes, there are things that one can do to get the body, to get the person back in their body, but one of the nice explorations is, well, let's explore the numbness. And then luck you know nine times out of ten, you explore the numbness and then you find there's something in there um, so somatics is such a uh, somatic work is such a beautiful and profound healing tool i find um and then you know the once we start understanding not just somatics but like body language and and body mapping, it's almost like. Um, it's almost like magic because it's like, how can you read that all from my body? And I'm like, your body is telling me. <laughs> your body is telling me. It's kind, <laughs> of like, it's kind of like, you know, astrology where like, you know, you put in your date and your place of birth and time of birth and then like all this stuff pops out and, you know, maybe it's accurate. Sometimes it's not, but sometimes it is. And like, it is kind of like that, but just with your body, just reading your body, body that's it. Wow. (laughs) Mm. So tell us about your boot camp. So boot camp, well, that's actually where I started. Well, unknowingly, that's where I started um, with this body mapping, body language understanding. I started that back in 1999. Um, it was the first all-year outdoor boot camp in New York City. And from there, I had the... All year. work All year, yes. So, wow, okay. Year, yes. So in addition to... <laughs> In addition to uh, the boot camp itself, I, I definitely thought I was very hardcore because I was out in Central Park at 530 in the morning in the middle of the winter, um, which is just a side note. But, um, yeah, I had the opportunity of working with thousands of people and and um, just seeing how, you know, at the time I didn't quite under I, – I was the body and the mechanics of the body, but I wasn't so tapped into um, – a deep understanding of the, you know, how the body is displaying different emotions and all that stuff. But I observed it in real time for about 15 years of just like, oh, when this happens, when we do this movement, you have this emotional response or I have this emotional response. So that was like really the first introduction to, for me, to to see how the body reacts with movement and also like that was my first kind of into understanding how the body can heal not just you know physically and losing weight and fitness and performance but actually emotionally how it could heal with movement um so that was a really beautiful experience for me it was also for me um eventually because I did it for 15 years I wanted to it was soul-crushing in a way because I did it for so long and because there was no growth in it. And so as I was exploring, you know, what to do next in my, on my path um, I went back to school and that's when I kind of find, found this um, somatic work and um, uh, character armor and character structure um, work. And this was like, for me, it was a perfect sync with, what I had previously been doing, um just kind of more more advanced and more whole, right, because what I was doing previously was fitness and nutrition, mostly aimed at you know people who wanted to be in shape, they were doing some sort of event like a marathon or sometimes getting married or weight loss, you know and this this like what I've stepped into um is more of whole healing, right? Healing through the body, the mind, the emotions and the spirit. Um so that's the boot camp kind of naturally led me there, although I didn't know it at the time, obviously. Twenty hindsight is twenty twenty. <laughs>
3: wow. Uh yeah. so interesting, mm-hmm. isn't it, when we look back and yeah. we see how um our our lives um Urge us on to places that maybe we would not have necessarily thought we would be going,
4: yeah, so it's so true, you know I think um, when i when I started boot camp, I was i don't know early twenties, let's say, and um, at the time I had what in my head, I had these two separate paths I had the path of professional path of fitness and nutrition. And then I had the personal path of, you know, my first teacher um, was, is, rather, a Siddha master of the the Tamil tradition, so southern India. Um, And I would train with him and study with him and travel to India so many times with him. And we would study um, mantra and sound and meditation, and we had the opportunity to work with scientists who now it's more common, but when I was with him, it wasn't so common where, you know, scientists would come and study people who were meditating and doing mantras. And so that was my first kind of introduction to what these quote unquote traditional practices did to the nervous system and how the physio- physiology reacted to these things. So they're not like out there woo-woo things, they're actually have real and tangible effects on the nervous system. And then my ne- that led me to my next teacher, which um, she is a Hopi medicine woman, and I apprenticed with her for eight years, and was initiated into carrying um, plant medicine, which is something that I work with now. And then that, and then. Those two paths were kind of going simultaneously, right? And in my head, they were separate paths, (laughs) which now, again, in retrospect, I'm like, how how silly (laughs) of me, because they're both both very much in the healing realm. It was just not syncing up in my head for some reason, and then eventually they started syncing up. Uh, in, you know, first in just like noticing in my clients that I was working with in the, you know, more material realm, but noticing where they went with this stuff. And then eventually I did go back to school and uh, my field of focus was psychoneuroimmunology. So how our thoughts affect our nervous system, immune system, uh, endocrine system, so on and so forth. And kind of then that was, for me, that was the marrying point of both these paths into a much clearer picture for me. Um, so that was, yeah. So I always, the universe kind of led me there <laughs> without me even knowing it. I was like, how did I, how did I get here? <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh,
3: yeah.
4: That is
3: how yeah. absolutely perfect. So, um, yeah. You know, a long, long time ago, um, I was involved with macrobiotics. I'm not, you know, technically involved anymore, but certainly it has influenced my life a lot. And Mm -hmm. one of the things that came along with that was um, facial diagnosis. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that sounds... Something like what you're talking about when you say body mapping. So I'm really curious right. to hear perhaps more specifics about body mapping or anything you can share about that.
4: Yeah, absolutely. And by uh, it seems very similar. And, and with each uh, character structure, you would have kind of tell-tale signs, usually with their face as well. So I, I don't know if it's exactly the same, but... Yeah, so the idea with this is is just what I was mentioning before, that it's the locking in of certain emotional – so as we are passing through these developmental stages, we have um, developmental tasks that happen at the same time. So if you can imagine a baby uh, that's first born, they're mostly just reflexes, right? They're not – they're shitting – eating, sleeping, crying—they're not really doing much more. And so, that phase is, or that stage of development, which is uh, in utero to about three months, is called the existence structure. And this structure basically, all of their, uh, all of everything revolves around their. Um, right to be here so do like do they have a safe place to be and if they don't have a safe place to be which could be because the actual environment is not safe but also it doesn't have to be that it could be like maybe the mom is stressed when she's pregnant or maybe she's stressed you know when she gives birth maybe she's worried about money maybe the father is stressed and that's affecting the mother and then that affects the child so Whatever, uh, whatever the cause is, the message that the child gets in the existence structure is that, well, if it's balanced, then, then that's good. Then it has a healthy understanding with the outside world. But if it's not balanced, then fear is a major emotion that will show itself in this person. And if you think about it, when a baby is scared of something, I'm talking about a very small baby, what they'll wind up doing is, especially if the fear, the stress is in utero, is they try to twist away from the fear, right? So if you can imagine them inside the, uh, the womb and it, the stress hormones are kind of flooding their system, they're trying to get away from it. So they're twisting their bodies to kind of get away from, from the stress hormones, But there's nowhere to go. And so what you'll see then as an adult, their bodies will be twisted a little bit. So like one shoulder will be slightly pulled back, one hip will be slightly pulled back or forward. Even oftentimes their faces look a little bit asymmetrical would indicate to me that there was some sort of stress in that, you know, the second trimester anywhere, anywhere between second trimester and three months. Um, and this type of person will often try, they'll often disconnect their head from their body. Meaning, I mean, they don't actually take their head off, but they'll live in the intellectual (laughs) world.
3: (laughs) I wear a bandana on often days that I tie my head on every morning.
4: (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So... They will, so they'll intellectualize. Sometimes you'll see them doing spiritual bypasses a lot. Sometimes they'll be very uh, living in the fantasy world, but not grounded in reality. So these are some of the, um, the issues that people who have had some sort of interruption um, or intense experience during this developmental phase. The next structure is called the need structure. And this is uh, happening between about one month to about one and a half years old. And this structure, this this character structure is around, it's the first time the child starts um, being able to say yes and no. Obviously, a baby is not actually talking at this age. But what I mean, it's the first time where they're getting control of their lips and they can ask for mama's nipple by you know, put it puckering their lips and trying to grab the nipple or spitting out the nipple if they're not hungry. So that's their first time where they're actually um, saying yes and no. It's that first time where they're beginning to understand to regulate their own needs. And when I say beginning to understand, obviously it's not in the way that we do. It's in the way that a baby does. I'm hungry. I want nipple. I'm not hungry. I don't want nipple. But this is like the the system starting to understand its own yeses and noes and and regulating of its own um, needs, and this is also the first time where they become uh, where they're like emotion where they're regulating their own needs with their own sensations in their body, right so when I'm hungry i under I'm hungry, so I, that's a sensation in my body. I ask for mama's mama's breast or I'm tired I again not as an adult I understand experience as an adult but as a a baby you start getting tired and you start understanding these sensations in the infantile way you do now if someone has had some sort of interruption in this stage of development what you'll see is this sunken chest so this really collapsed chest where and their heads are typically forward like almost like um the uh, almost like a, a turtle in, in in some ways where their heads are very far forward, their chest is sunken in, and then their hips are typically uh farther forward, so this again, this is going to indicate to me that there's an interruption in their um, ability to regulate their own needs, their ability to ask for their own needs within contact with each other um they often are mergers. They like to like people please. So if your needs are, their thinking is if your needs are met, then my needs are met. But that's not actually true. Your needs are not met if my needs are met. <laughs> Those are my needs that are met, not yours. So that's uh, yeah. <laughs> so and then I'll go. There's an there's an autonomy structure, and then I'll go into your character. Well, what just from what you have shared, I'm going to say probably you're in the will structure. So will structure is about two to four years old. And this is a very interesting time for a child, right? This is really the first time where um, a child, this is like the terrible twos, right? Well, in the society, we call it the terrible twos. But really, it's just when the child is starting to say no. So they're being, they're able to say no and yes to things. So they're being, they're able to um, uh to use their own sense of will, their own sense of, no, I don't want that. You know, and this is also another very interesting thing is this is when the child can actually lift more than their own weight. So in this in this stage, uh, they're very loud. Like a, a child at two years old is like stomping around they're like, hey, what are you doing? They're always like this. There's, there's nothing quiet about this phase. But it's also interesting that you said your tonsils were blocking, uh, were were swollen. You said
3: they said that when they took the tonsils out of me, each one was as big as a man's fist.
4: Wow. So it's so interesting to me because in some way, what that says is that that part of you that was trying to express itself in a loud way was blocked yes right and so I- then when they eventually got it out now you want to punch people when they tell you to breathe that makes sense yes. to me yes <laughs> <Doesn't> it? <laughs> it makes sense to me because there was a block and now that it's removed it's like right no <laughs> <laughs>
1: this makes so much sense to me.
3: The, the, the but I think, I think also, Mark, the point is that it, when someone is telling me to breathe, if I'm upset yeah. and someone is telling me to breathe, yeah. what they yeah. are really telling me is, shut up. Right. Exactly. Don't have feelings. I don't want your feelings around here. Stuff those feelings right. back in, and that is not nice.
1: Right. Exactly. So, really,
3: what's happening for me is that I experience someone when they, in response to my being upset, tell me to breathe, they have just hit me. Right. That's my experience. They've just hit me. And so, I want to hit them back is what it feels like. It's not like I want to aggress on them. It's like, whoa, what? I can't believe you just smacked me like that.
1: You know, where...
3: One would think the reaction to somebody's being upset is, I can see you're upset. Is there something that could help?
4: Right. 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 So that sounds like, yeah, like they're they're invalidating your experience in some way by just They are.
3: Anytime anyone does that they are invalidating the other person's experience, without a doubt.
4: Exactly. Exactly. But, so, but our
3: culture is just loaded with ways to do that because, let's face it, we might as well be having a discussion about sex here. We're talking about something that's really quite taboo and has become even more taboo over the past twenty years, which right. is having feelings and expressing right. them.
4: Right. Exactly. And so this, is, this, this stuff, this body mapping stuff is really just a way to get the body, to work with the body in order to get those emotions out and express those feelings. Because the reason that we get stuck in these patterns is because those emotions at some point in our lives were not allowed space to be there. And then they get locked into the tissue and posture of the body. So now we can work with the body to release those emotions and create space for them to come out.
3: I have so enjoyed talking to you that I have been totally negligent in asking you to tell people how they can get in touch with you, please. Do so. <laughs> yes. Uh, they,
4: could, uh, they could either find me at my website, which is stacyberman.com, S-T-A-C-Y-B-E-R-M-A-N, or on Instagram, Stacy Berman, PhD, spelled the same exact
3: way. All right, you can find Stacey yeah. Berman out there and continue the conversation because, as you know, mm. we're in this little blog talk box, and they're going to slam the door on us <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> really, in just a few seconds. So I want to take this moment to say, is there anything you wanted to talk about that you haven't gotten to talk about? Here it is, the last chance.
4: Um, the, the the one thing that I would say, really, to anyone out there listening is when we're talking about healing and just being here on this earth and, and being alive is really deal with your shit, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> this boot camp. You got it Thanks. from the <laughs>
3: boss. You know, <laughs> just deal <Yes>. with <laughs> You're the best, Stacey. You know, I think that we are reweaving the healing cloak of the ancients. And you have put some ripstop nylon in this healing cloak. We got some parachute cord in here. We are going to get tough thank you for making this healing cloak so strong and powerful and sarah ellen thank you for helping me in so many ways to restore herbal medicine to its rightful place as people's medicine thank you stacy thank you sarah ellen thank you listeners thank you justine good night and green blessings everybody
1: thank you